Welcome to today's edition of the Blazing Grace Show with your trio of hosts, Jason Grace, Rob McIntyre, and Mike Janun. Blazing Grace covers blazing issues with grace-filled answers. Whom the sun sets free is free indeed. Here are your hosts, Jason, Rob, and Mike. Well, welcome back to the Blazing Grace Radio Show. This is Rob McIntyre with Mike Janung. Uh, Mike, I'm not going to ask you to say hi, Mike, but can you enter? Can you just say something? I mean, you know. Hey, everyone. <laughs> hey, everyone. Well, hey, we we are missing Jason, aren't we? We are. And I'm sure our listeners miss him, that uh, silver tongue guy that he is. <laughs> but hey, Mike, today we're just going to kind of talk a little bit about what's going on in your life as far as your new book, uh, The Billboards. And we're just going to invite our listeners to come in and kind of sit here as, uh, with us and, and hear us chat about different things. So, mm. Mike, what's, what's going on? I mean, you got this book that came out. The Road to Grace, Finding True Freedom from the Bondage of Sexual Addiction. It's now available at www.roadtograce.com. And it's about taking those who struggle with sex addiction past um, past the, the mechanics for finding freedom, which are basically finding groups and dealing with the isolation and the heart issues, but moving them into the abundant life of Jesus Christ. Be- right. Because our core need is for Jesus. Right. And when a man or a woman finds that, that's when they lose the hunger and the desire right. for the lies, the counterfeits of lust and food and workaholism and all the other right. junk in life. Right. You, you, you've you heard me say this, that, you know, we really have, instead of one stomach, we have three stomachs. And the problem is, is we don't know how to feed ourselves emotionally and spiritually. And so that's kind of what you're saying is we're on a quest to really know what satisfies our soul. Absolutely. And, and, and sex addiction or any kind of addiction, like you're saying, is just a symptom of the hunger pain of those different stomachs. So, you know, if, if, if you need to know, I mean, Jesus is the answer, but a lot of people don't ever get to that when they find out about their addiction, right? Tell, tell us a little bit about your story and how you ended up finding the Lord to be the number one thing. But tell us a little bit about the circumstances that precipitated that. Well, like most men, I got hooked as a teenager. It started with the uh, Sports Illustrated swimsuit edition and then quickly moved from there to Playboy and Penthouse. Mm-hmm. The local 7-Eleven didn't have a problem selling me Playboy or Penthouse. Mm-hmm. So this was when I was a teenager. Right. And then from there, I went to masturbation with pornography, hardcore porn, uh, sex with prostitutes, promiscuity that at one point led to an STD, mm. adultery as a single man. Uh, I committed adultery with a married mother of three mm. children. And uh, lust is never satisfied. So the more I acted out, the more I wanted, the right. deeper that hunger was. And so finally, when I was about 23, 24 years old, I just broke the mm. first time. Mm-hmm. Um, I happened to, we were living in Southern California at the time, and I I was living with a woman, and this was mm-hmm. 1986, and I went to a church on a whim Sunday night. It happened to be Chuck Swindoll's church. Wow. He was preaching on Abraham, how he called Abraham out of uh, his original, I forget, right. the land of Haran or wherever it was. Yeah. <clears throat> and Chuck said that night, I know God is calling some of you out of this, out of a place where you are. And I knew at that point he was calling me out of a mess. Wow. So I... Stopped dating the girls that weren't Christians, moved out of the, the house with the woman I was living with, mm-hmm. um, started cleaning up my life, but I could not get away from the porn and masturbation. That was something I was too ashamed to tell anybody about. So so yeah, so basically, you found that your own strength couldn't overcome that, right? 
Willpower wasn't strong enough. Okay. And I tried praying every day, reading the Bible every day, going to healing conferences. Um, and then I met Michelle, who was to become my wife in 1987. We got married in 89. And like most foolish young men, I thought that yeah. having moral yeah. sex was going to fix my problem. Yeah, the myth, myth number 362 is that marriage will solve your sex addiction. That's a lie. That's right. Only it really it makes it harder because all the stresses that come in marriage, we have right. this screwed right. up coping mechanism. Right. And I went right back to mine. And my wife was getting lingerie magazines in from Fredericks of Hollywood and did not know who she was married to. And I right. started binging on those within a year and went straight downhill and started binging every day on that stuff. And as it always is, lust wasn't enough or porn wasn't enough. And then I committed adultery with a prostitute on my wife in 1991, hmm. and that was my second um, time I broke. Right, and, and and you know, like like your story, I had two times where I broke. One time I was exposed in my marriage, and and kind of like our last guest, Molly Ann Miller, I didn't um, I didn't know about sex addiction, hmm. so I kind of did by my willpower by ways that I think everybody thought I could recover that by some form of confession that it would be all better. But then I went seven years on and this thing came back like a bad case of cancer, you know? So for you, you, you had your second time it came out and, and what happened with that? Then in 1991, I started getting involved with uh, support groups. Mm-hmm. I had been in counseling for five years and st- stuck with that. Uh, I was in uh, 12-step groups from 1991 to 1999, and I got a measure of freedom uh, externally where I didn't act out right. for about a year and a half, then lost lost it. So you're kind of like, and that's a good point, externally, you're like a dry drunk, right? That's right. Right, but there wasn't the internal change. I still had an empty, miserable heart. Right, so so what what happened next? In 1999, I just finally gave up and said, um, God, I've read books, I've been to conferences, I've done all this stuff, I've been to support groups, I've been to counseling, and and none of it's worked. I'm still mm. an empty, miserable mess. Either you're the God who you say you are who can change lives, right. or this whole thing is a crock. <laughs> and within six months, he led me through two or three things that I had to deal with, Right. and he literally changed my life. So, so. Tell our listeners a little bit about what were the three things he led you through. Well, first, I had to uh, make a dis- make a choice. Either I was going to run hard from lust with everything I had, or I was going to stick with lust. And part of my problem was I hadn't really made a hard choice. Mm-hmm. I had really been kind of, in some ways, riding on the fence those seven or eight mm-hmm. years. So I just packed my my life with men like I never had before. Now, and that's an interesting thing, because as a therapist, I understand most guys who come into my office are lonely men. They might be married. They might belong to a softball team. They may Mm. even belong to a men's group, but they're lonely. How did packing yourself with other men men in your life change you? Well, at one level, I I was, um, when I was started to struggle with a temptation, I would get on the phone immediately. And if I had to make 